Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kev Walsh, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. Oh no, Tim, did you, did you freeze up on me? Is that us or is that, is that can, me? Oh, is it falling apart, Kevin? It's all right, you know what? It, it, it's all right, like it, you... You look like you're really animated in uh, in starting the show. So it's it's all good, Tim. It's going to get picked up in the recording. We'll fix it in post. Okay. That's uh, post-production. What I do. Hey, Kevin. So look, I I know we've got some hot topics, but I just want to give a shout out to the government of New York State for running an amazing and excellent event this past weekend. Um, The New York State FAFSA Public High School Association ran a wrestling tournament in Albany, New York. And my kid, TJ, took fourth in Division Two at 152 pounds. And I've got to be honest, I loved the tournament. They did a great job. They honored a lot of cool people. And so here I am, once again, simping for the government, man. Like they, But they did do a good job <laughs> with it. And I'm very proud of my son. I don't know, Tim. I'm starting to sense yeah, a pattern. I'm, I'm proud of my kid, Ed, And so that's really what I'm bragging about. There's yeah. great stories from all over the no, state. Congratulations. Um, so they did a wonderful job. Yeah, that's awesome. That must be very proud of your son. Fourth place is, is a big yeah, deal. That's awesome. A, a group of like, so look, 30,000 wrestlers, 30,000 kids wrestle in New York State. The top 500 make it to this tournament. Half of those are split between Division One and Division Two, and my kid placed in the top four in his weight class in Division Two. It's a it's a real it's a real positive event, and and a shout out to the kids that placed higher than him, a shout out to the kids that wrestle because it's a gutsy gritty sport, a shout out to kids all over the state that made it their goal to put it put you know put on the trophy, win the trophy, get the the big medal. It, it just and I'm sad that it's done. Like, it may not be done, but it's kind of done. His high school career is over. So, anyways, shout out to New York State. Yeah. Shout out to wrestlers. It was awesome. Yeah. Again, yeah. congratulations. Um, yeah, so as, as awesome as New York State is, um, at least the, the sports organizations, uh, we, we do have some some government officials to, to talk about that maybe uh, you have a lower opinion of. Should, should we start with uh, our, our guy, Mitch McConnell? The ultimate hero of the GOP. The leader, the man, the myth, the legend, Mitch McConnell. Guys, he is, unfortunately, I think due to age and the rapidly changing nature of the Republican Party, uh, is going to step down from his leadership position, Kevin. I think, I want to say it like this, and, and I mean it completely as a joke. I think the conservatives have won this round. I suppose so. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a pyrrhic victory for conservatives, just like from a is Mitch McConnell a good political operator point of view. Yeah, he's savvy. He he kind of is a good political <laughs> operator. Like he, he he was good at what he does. There's a reason why he was one of the longest serving like Senate uh, leaders. Yeah. 
because he was good at what he does for the party. Now, is that a good thing for conservative principles, for libertarian principles, uh, the constitutional governance? No, 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 not necessarily. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Look, I, I, Mitch McConnell is the face of the GOP to me. He is just as corrupt as every Democrat that conservatives complain about. And they're willing to give this guy pass after pass after pass. He makes deal after deal that benefits him benefits his cronies he's a guy that fundraises overseas like he's that guy and conservatives probably do feel like they won this round but the guy that they replace him with is going to be the same maybe even worse yeah i mean it's again like the the type of person who gets that role is is a, a good party operator like his job is to go and fundraise and try to preserve or gain back the majority in the senate and he was like fairly good at that. That's again, that's why people liked him. I mean, now whether he was good at that and then was like using his power to twist arms and buy loyalty. Okay. You know, that's you know, whether or not that's an inherent part of the job or uh, something he was good at. Uh, I, I Can I jump I, in I on know. that? Because part but, of the job, right. Is according to the GOP is winning elections. But if we're not changing the future, if we're not pushing the dime towards Liberty or at least a limited government, then what, the only job that they have is growing the government slightly slower than the Democrats. And honestly, I'm not sure that they do that. Yeah. Not, uh, if we look at like the, the previous presidency, I, I don't think that they were doing anything about shrinking the yeah. size of government. Not the other conservative hero. Right? Um, but, but remember that that's not the job description. The job description isn't uh, implement common sense, uh, political, uh, reforms, fiscal reforms, uh, constitutional governments. That's not the, that's not the job. The job is win elections for Republicans and maintain your, uh, majority in the Senate. Like that's, I mean, like, again, and that it shouldn't be, uh, the, the, the job should be to like effectively govern that side of Congress and to ensure meaningful debates, uh, on legislation, treaties, uh, et cetera, for, um, you know, the deliberative part of Congress. But instead, yeah, we had kind of a cynical political operator who was concerned with, you know, for for better or worse, uh, protecting his party and doing things like making sure that uh, they had a lot of say in who got appointed um, judges and Supreme Court justices, too. Because, again, I know Democrats hate this, but we, we think about how Obama wanted to nominate uh, Merrick Garland and get him on the Supreme Court, who would have been terrible like honestly like just just a horrendous pick from obama like his 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 worst pick by far i'm glad mcconnell like took an active role in blocking it and being like oh no we can't do this and until the election so okay cynical but i i I, it it was the right move like that guy yeah no i I, there is the occasional like silver lining to every cloud like we have a couple of decent supreme court justices one of them it didn't wasn't gorsuch the guy that eventually got appointed after him so it was that's a, uh, that he was the, the guy yeah, that came in. Next, that's a Gorsuch. big win. That's one of the biggest wins of all time, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few silver linings of the, the Trump yeah, presidency. Well, there you go. They, they're they there, Kevin. They are there. Um, so, yeah, that's an area where I, I'll OK, I'll bend. I'll give some props to Mitch McConnell. But like, you know, like like you've made mm-hmm. the point very adequately that he is a, a just a, a, a political operative whose goal is to win elections. There's not a lot of principle behind that position. And and to win elections, you have to raise money. Where does that money come from? I, arguably, I'd say selling regulations and, and 
you know, propping up the MIC with a circular toilet bowl of spending where we're just flushing it down the toilet. That's, that's my take. You know, however he's got to get yeah. it done, you know, scratch a couple yeah. of backs, whatever. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, no, he's and again, he's not being kicked out. He's not being forced out like in the way that like the the previous House Speaker right. was, um, Kevin McCarthy. It's it's that he, he basically he gave a speech today and is like, well, um, you know, uh, Father Time remains undefeated. Uh, just just it's time for me to step down and let a new generation step up. I, you know, so so he's he's done in that regard. But he's serving out the rest of his term, even though he's he's had some like notable public health problems with like uh, freezing up and you know not saying anything out in public um uh, some some odd that's moments true. that there. is true it, it's happened yeah, but... man um and look that can happen to anybody i can be very sympathetic to that i've had stage fright right on the radio show you know where where things just get caught up in your brain but what it looks like is that yeah i wasn't stage fright that ger- was... the geriatric squad like has a... a monopoly on power in this country and i i think at the very least him stepping down is is good you know Arguably, I think so. Yeah, hopefully. Arguably, I'm glad he's stepping down. He's a devil, you know, right? And and I said, I I know. I've been trying to like dig for things like ah, but what about like this thing? (laughs) Like I don't, don't particularly like the the guy's policies at all. Just trying to 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 give some back and forth. He's the face of the GOP, Um, and that to me is well, one of the many reasons why I ended up as a libertarian is that the 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 promise of smaller government, the promise of fiscal responsibility, the promise of of rights and responsibilities has never actually been delivered upon. And and so libertarianism goes a little like one step further in that direction. And and I like it. I like where I reside mentally. It, it was always a challenge because I was a liberal when I was young. You kind of morph into a conservative and then you realize that the GOP is not an answer to conservatism. And then you realize sometimes conservatism goes too far. Like I don't want to force religious views on people. I have no interest in that. Um, I want a smaller government. I want less wars, Um, you know, and I I think conservatives have lost that narrative, you know, so that's me. I'm sorry, guys. I still love you. I hear a lot of things that you say that make sense to me. But here I am saying Mitch McConnell was never your friend anyway. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of conservatives who felt that way for a while sure. too. I said he's he's a guy who's who's concerned with the public image of the party, regardless of like where the principles should have been and you know, including on things like spending bills, right? Like he knows that like is politically perilous to try to hold up the functioning of government to extract actual principles and you know, fiscal reforms and, and, and spending controls out of, um, you know, doing the business of Congress. And he, he wouldn't do it. He would, he would, he would uh, fold when, when the opportunities yeah. came. Well, many yeah. Times. And good news on that note, Kevin, um, Congress just narrowly avoided a limited shutdown yet again. Um, bipartisanly, they, they came to Ooh. an agreement. So it's just for now. <laughs> well, all right. So is it is it another continuing resolution? Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, is, is that yeah, what, we what we got? Yeah, something like that. I mean, they 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 strike yep, a deal, we'll just... and who knows what it even means, right? Like they're just going to keep spending money like drunken sailors. That's 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 what it means. So it's a great just, agreement, another uh... great agreement for the American people, right? Uh, I'm sure it's great. I, I have not read what is in this continuing resolution and what bizarre stuff exists 
in this because there, there's always oh, something. I can't wait to yeah somehow it's, it's always yeah, I a can't thing. wait like that's that's an area where like a guy like Rand Paul does a really nice job of of taking advantage of the frivolous spending that gets wadded into these agreements and and making popular noise out of it populist noise of saying hey we're like funding a chicken study like do we really need to know how chickens react to methamphetamine like we can all presume it's bad and not good for them like can't we just leave it alone do we have to send a million dollars to some agency in ukraine to study meth induced chickens like do we have to do that that's the question the answer is I don't know. How could we not do that? Like, I think that is an important goal of science, well, I, Tim. And if we don't get messed up chickens, um, like, I mean, look, I, I don't know. We just we won't know what sort of medical benefits that look, provides. I, I do get, yeah, I do get beds. being curious about it. Like, and I think that there might be the possibility of of some private enterprise funding that on their own without some sort of million dollar study yeah, from the government. There's, there's definitely someone in the back country who has already yeah, attempted this. So, um, just ask them to to start documenting their data a bit yeah, more effectively. That's it. Like, no, please don't please don't give any meth to chickens on on your own. I, I'm talking to both the government and the folks who who may have both of those supplies at home. You probably shouldn't do that. It's not nice to the yeah, chickens. Correct. They should have yeah free free will and all that. Chickens can't consent to eating meth, so there's no reason to do it. <laughs> That's right. Just a, they're all around unpleasant experience for the chickens. I'm sure, maybe I don't know. Well, we don't know until we start. Yeah, we we don't point. know. Okay. Um, that that's why science um, exists, Kevin, to answer those big questions. Let's be honest. That's right. Let's go. No, <laughs> no that, that the Rand Paul's like festivist stuff is great. It's full of all sorts of weird stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I like reading that list. Every yeah, year. it's and guys, if you haven't checked any of it out, you should check it out. It's readily available all over the interweb. Um, but he does a nice job finding frivolous government spending, and Mitch McConnell does a nice job of uh, making sure agreements get made that we can continue frivolous government spending. So there you have it. Yeah, right on. <laughs> oh, Mitch, what we what will we do without you? Uh, so speaking of government spending, I know I know you want to talk about um, there's part of a government spending bill that got ruled unconstitutional. You yeah, want to talk about that real quick because I didn't get to dive too deep in it, but there was a ruling in the uh, by a federal judge. The one point seven trillion dollar spending bill passed by Congress in 2022 is unconstitutional. Now the question in my mind, of course, rapidly becomes. Well, what does that even mean? The money's already spent. What are they going to do about it? Who's going to be held accountable? And Kevin, I'm going to predict the answer is literally no one. <laughs> like, there's no way to hold them unconstitutional. No, it's, it's not going to matter no. at all. Um, um, no, it's it's, it's not going to matter. Um, I mean, what's what's interesting about this case is like, so what what it was is there's um, the attorney general in Texas, Ken Paxton, was trying to challenge the constitutionality of a specific provision in the bill uh, that would have get uh, and this is uh, it's a Fox news article would have given like uh, more rights and protections for pregnant workers uh, from a federal perspective. And, and they challenged it on the basis that the um, members of the house voting by proxy um, wasn't constitutional, which I, I don't know. I, I never had that much of a problem with people voting by proxy. Like it never, it never bothered me. I know, like it really upset some people, but like, 
to me, I'm like, okay, cool. Congress has now joined like the workforce, like the rest of us have, and have done some stuff by video. Like, good, good for them. Like, I, I do <laughs> understanding what that looks like, what everyone else is going through in 2020 and 2021. Well, I do think people get caught up in the honorifics of government, right? So the fact that they they're them showing up and doing their job and doing voting um, on behalf of their constituents is arguably an act that could be controversial, could be troublesome to them, could limit access to their family and friends. And probably people feel like they owe us that on some level. I'm more along the lines with you. They're going to make all sorts of bad decisions, whether they vote in person or whether they vote by phone or by mail or by whatever. Um, And they're not still not dealing with the real issues that need to be dealt with, right? Like they, they need to deal with the spending that this, and they're not, and they need to deliberate, deliberate over laws on the floor instead of just passing them through as part of spending bills. So yeah. they're not doing it anyway. So, so like that, that points, that points like kind of good actually, um, because like what they should be doing, as you said, is they should be on the floor. They should be talking to folks. They should be having floor amendments, uh, having right. debates like that should take place because what, what happens now is, well, they're not proxy voting, but like they might as well be, it might as well be just a, Hey, um, you know, the, the majority whip is saying to vote yes on this bill. Uh, it's an omnibus bill. It's 40,000 pages long, and you will not get to read it. Just, Just vote, vote yes. yes. Oh, okay. So show up and vote yes. Okay. What's the difference there between that and proxy voting? I don't know. Um, but if they're actually debating like real spending bills and not just continuing re- uh, resolutions and discussing those on the floor and offering amendments and having to be there in person to vote on the amendments to those bills to decide whether or not like, you know, a specific thing to fund, you know, the, the study of methamphetamine on chickens is like worth the government expense. If someone wants to put up an amendment to fund that like you should have to go on record. Yes or no on the, the chicken meth funding. They should, they um, should have to do some work, right? They should have to actually represent they should actually have to give due deliberation to a lot of these issues and they don't they simply don't they come up with big huge spending bills like the 95 billion dollars for the ukraine and israel that barely got debated the super bowl sunday war bill like the war funding bill like and that was after the house had kind of rejected the 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 one before that, it's like, do your jobs, argue these things on the floor. At at least then we know where you stand. And man, will it make for some great sound bites? Because those jokers will say incredibly stupid stuff, and people will realize that we're we're being led by idiots. It will be epic, Kevin. Yeah, would <laughs> be. Uh, let me let me sneak in a couple comments before we have to go to break. Alice on YouTube says the bills they vote on are not even read by the people yeah, voting no, for them. Yeah, nope, definitely they're, not. They're not. There's no way. Nope. There's no way they could read them. Get them an hour or two before they have to vote, and they're, you know, thousands of pages. Ridiculous. Patricia has an interesting comment. I, I have no idea if this is true. I want to research this, but Patricia says I think voting by proxy is more constitutional. Founding fathers did it when necessary. Interesting. I'll, I'll have to look that up. I, I, I have no idea if that's uh, true offhand, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. look into that because it'd be interesting if they they did that. It would make sense. Someone's out in business, you know, you, you got to – and there's only a couple yeah, bills a I year. I mean, there's been – out local, locally, there's been is. allegations of proxy voting per, by people who didn't even know that they were eligible to vote in certain 
political party structures. They had served on served on a board at some point. They had a vote. Their vote was captured by, let's say, the uh, chairperson of the committee. And on their behalf, he cast the votes they wanted. Yeah. Uh, the All right. The votes. Well, the votes. Yeah. The votes. Well, yeah. interesting. All right, on that note, though, we do need to head the break. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution on WYSL. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Introducing a sobering and unavoidable truth. The latest advancements in artificial intelligence have made cyber attacks easier than ever before. Cyber criminals are relentlessly targeting your business right now, seeking the tiniest opening in your defenses to drain your accounts and steal sensitive data. Your finances and your customers' trust are on the line. Call the experts at Simple Tech Innovations now at 585-999-TECH to secure your business today. Don't wait until it's too late. Make the call today, 585-999-TECH. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. In 1926, the Avon Fire Department put an Aaron's Fox pumper into service. It now sits fully restored in a museum near Toronto. Avon has an opportunity to bring the Fox home for its 100th birthday for a fraction of its appraised value. The Aaron's Fox Full Circle Preservation Society needs your help. Look us up on Facebook or call 615-6463. Let's bring home the Fox. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson. Your today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm still here, Kevin. I mean, I don't even know where I could go. This, I live for Tuesday nights, or well, it's actually Wednesday night, but I love, it's I love doing our show, there. man. I love it, and I love, I love the comments. Yeah. I love the thoughtfulness. I love the people of WYSL that are checking us out. We're going to talk about something pretty controversial, right? Yeah, yeah. So so we're going to talk about um, there was a ruling that came out of Alabama that effectively bans IVF. So it's in vitro fertilization. Um, so I got, I got, and, the, I got the backstory go on how this, this ban on in vitro fertilization came about. Um, basically, what I'll say, my interpretation is, is a patient who was having a, a, a breakdown got into an infer- infertility clinic and damaged some embryos, some frozen embryos. The embryos, the parents of the embryos or the people who own the embryos, depending on your position there, were very upset and yeah. sued the hospital for a wrongful death. Like they wanted to cash out on this, um, which maybe isn't fair. Maybe they were legitimately upset. 
I know that in vitro fertilization can be, you've already gone through trying to have a baby. It can be a very emotional and challenging thing. So. Yeah. It's emotionally challenging. It's expensive. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it really is. And it's like a great, like exhibition of the desire to have children, right? You're very dedicated to that notion. So they, they felt like they yeah. really lost something. So they sued the hospital for a wrongful death. And guess what? <laughs> They lost that first, like it was basically dismissed that that frozen embryos do not meet the definition of a human being. But in Alabama, they appealed and it came back around and and the judge said that I'm trying to find his exact quote, but I, all right. So even if I can't find it, he's he's like, no, they're they're babies. And this is, you know, these are unborn children and can you imagine the chilling effect that that is going to have on the, the in vitro fertilization thing where people are, are literally willing to trade everything to have a child. And if you mishandle yeah. a frozen embryo, you can be, you know, wrongfully death, you know, sued for a wrongful death. I think there's lots of implications there. Yeah, because that's basically what it is. It's like, okay, well, the, the judge's interpretation of the Alabama law was, okay, how they've presented it, this is a human life, and whether or not you know embryos were destroyed on purpose or on accident, that is a, a thing that is against the law. So if you're a clinic, what, what happens with a lot of these um, you know, fertilized embryos is uh, a lot of them end up being discarded after uh they're they're done or they're successful you know implantation of the em embryo and that would be murder under this interpretation Correct. of the law right which you know they even some of the folks in that area are like ah this kind of goes too far this wasn't really what we meant and so a lot of like ivf clinics in that state are like we we now have to no longer offer our services and again, there's some people who might be in the middle of that treatment, which, again, is expensive and taxing on the body um, and, and taxing emotionally sure. uh, for, for many people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cut off because uh, a judge perhaps even correctly interpreted the law, but uh, the law was written in a way to, you know, ban the service that helps people start their families. It's, it's an anti-family ruling. It's an anti-family law, the yeah. way it's written. And um, so one of the reasons why it's making big news, Kevin, is that um, there are a number of bills out there now um, in place in Alabama where they're trying to gin up support for them um, that would protect in vitro fertilization as a, a way forward for families to, you know, have children. So the issue is one of the issues that I see is that it's a tangential issue to abortion. Right. And that. It does re-raise all of the questions that abortion arise, arise, like, uh, arises out of the abortion debate. I'm sorry that I'm stumbling over my words, guys, but th this one, this subject's a little bit yeah, tricky right. for me um, because I'm, I'm always conflicted when we start talking about ab abortion and when does life, you know, begin and how all of this stuff comes together. And that that's where the real controversy begins. Like, is an embryo, frozen embryo, is that a human life? This judge in Alabama, according to the law, said yes. So all of the bills now on the floor yeah. that are trying to protect 
in vitro fertilization have to kind of line up with the notion that a frozen embryo is not a baby. And so it's that it basically coincides with the, the abortion debate, Kevin. And I think that that's one of the reasons why it's making a lot of news. Yeah, no, I mean, it kind of does, right? If you, if your view is that life begins at conception, then taken literally, you know, then that those are all human lives and need to be protected. Uh, that's not how most people view it, particularly in this treatment. But if you're you're taking that to a point of logical consistency, then you know that that's what you have to do. That's what you have to say. Um, and as I think that eventually a law will get passed where they're going to protect. IVF uh, in Alabama and probably most other states that have uh, enacted these really strict abortion bans, uh, they're going to make sure they clarify the law to say like what it is. Um, and, and Donald Trump even got on board. He said, uh, you know, we want to make it easier for mothers and fathers, fathers to have babies, not harder. That includes supporting the availability of fertility treatments like IVF in every state in America. Yes, yeah, certainly. Donald Trump, even though he's he's always been kind of iffy on pro-life issues yeah i mean he, he's he, he just kind of yeah he, he, he's utilitarian and populist when it comes to that like let's let's be real um and that's that's donald trump's whole mo so um it, it wouldn't be for me it's always like a principled argument and i think that's why i get to where i'm stumbling over my words you know uh, and i'm very much always i've always been disappointed that we never came to a really good agreement, like that Roe v. Wade did not answer the question that was put before it, and that we could come to an uncomfortable agreement as a society as to when life does actually begin, right? We don't have to be right, but if we have an agreement that sets aside a lot of the, the constant issue preservation and the constant argument from the religious you know, right and the very liberal left, and and so I, I think that there should have been a middle ground long before this and in an uncomfortable agreement on the notion. Um, so I, I don't think we can get to that point. Like there's people who have principal sure. differences. Yeah, here, that's right. Fair. Like and, and like even within like the Libertarian Party, we have principal differences. There, there are folks who are like, nope, that's a human life. So it doesn't matter at what stage you abort that baby. If that's a human life, that's murder. And the consistent position, if you take that, is well, all abortion should be banned. And there are other folks within the party who uh, emphasize the bodily autonomy of the mother and say, no, it, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be required to carry a baby to term because that is your choice. And like clearly is not a human right. life yet. And those may be a certain. And then and then the, the middle ground debate ends up being like, well, it probably becomes a human life at some point in time. But like, I don't know like when that right. is. Right. And even stuff like. You know, so it ranges from that that opinion, like, oh, maybe it becomes a human life that's worth protecting at 16 weeks or 25 weeks when, you know, like they can take care of preemies or, you know, then then do you do a blanket ban on on third trimester abortions, even in the case of protecting the mother. Right. right? Like it because there are some cases where that happens. Um, and I thought, actually, weirdly enough, one of Pete Buttigieg's like best answers was like, hey, um, you know, anyone getting a an abortion in the third trimester, they're not doing it because like they're having an elective abortion. Like they've carried that baby all the way to term. Like that that person is expecting to take home a baby. If they have an abortion that late in the pregnancy, it's because something went horribly wrong. And like we should not make that um medical decision or medical necessity illegal. 
Um, and you get all sorts of strange rulings with that, like in Texas, where people can't get um, it's not a board. I forget what the, the medical term is called, but people who have um, a pregnancy where where the, the baby is no longer alive, like that, like the baby is dead. They can't remove that uh, like dead fetus from the mother because like the abortion laws in Texas make it impossible to do so. Uh, that no one will perform that procedure because they think that they will be prosecuted for performing a late term abortion. Yeah. So yeah, there's always there's always that problem of an over legislated society that that I don't think anybody in their right mind wants a mom who who's lost a baby to be in jeopardy of getting prosecuted um, for having that baby removed from her body. Like nobody in their right mind wants to do that. Um, I, I actually I guess I have to agree that Pete, Pete Buttigieg gave a pretty nuanced answer there um there is still that thought of oh my god you know last minute we have a viable child on the way and and an abortion um gets put into place i think that that people are are repulsed by that notion so and and i get it it, like hypothetically could happen right like and you know but it's you end up with these strange situations where medical decisions need to happen fast um yeah. And, and and that's what it is. Again, like I I meant this like I'm having, you know, my wife's having a baby oh my in a God, week. Is it next you know, week? it's it's one of those things. Yeah, no, it's it on Tuesday. I'm I'm having boy number 2. Okay, so, congratulations. Yeah, radio show. I'm I'm going to be oh, out yeah, next okay. week. Well, we're not doing the show next week. Um well, congratulations, Captain. Yeah, You've got to um, do your part to to maintain the the reproductive birth rate of of families in America. So, I appreciate your effort here. Okay, well, so it's still slightly below replacement rate. Yeah, technically. you need to be what, uh, like two point three, two point four, two point one. I need to have a tactical right, well, baby. I'm not going to um, recommend that, but I, I would say to impose your will on society, have like four or five kids, right, and then you're guaranteed <laughs> like to to live forever on some level. Well, statistically, there we go. Statistically, it becomes yeah, more just, likely that your genes survive. Oh yeah, just just have, have a whole bunch of kids and build my own. Yeah, that's block. how the Irish did. And, I mean, uh, we've talked about that. Yeah, right. I, I see. I don't know that my wife is up for that, but you know, I'll I'll pitch that to her, see what she yeah. thinks. I don't know that I can afford the daycare either. Ah, it's, don't um, worry about that. It's rough out there. Money too. takes care of itself. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's get to a couple of these comments. We have a, a couple minutes left, but uh, Real Mav One says. Uh, that's just more BS. If the baby is dead, it's dead. No murder involved. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. that's. I mean, I get. Sure. The the thing is, like that 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 makes sense, but like, uh, doctors were and and their lawyers were cor- correctly worried that they might get prosecuted for some uh, overzealous uh, law enforcers thinking that that that's an abortion. Um, so certainly, the law that we're talking your, your about opinion is was worded that way. Like, certainly, that's reality. I remember yeah. reading it. It was like it tried to be a very clear cut, straightforward law. Therefore, it created an unnuanced problem with enforcement. Yeah, um, and you know, saying this person, real Mav on, on YouTube, says a baby that's alive is a human being. Simple. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's it's simple to you. You know, again, I, I, I'm. I'm trying to to make room for other points of view. I'm I'm generally you know pro choice, uh, but you know I, I understand where other folks are coming from. I, I understand the logical consistency of this stuff. I get it. Uh, I'm just trying to to lay out the facts here best we can. Um, yeah. And, and Shelley uh, jumped in with uh, abortion is never legal in our country. Uh, 
RVW, which we've seen Roe versus Wade, allowed abortion on demand. I was supposed to be bored by a doctor's orders that my mother refused to follow, and her body took a toll. I mean, it should always be your mother's choice yeah. in that situation. Um, you know, it's it's and and you know she chose to to have you, and that's that's great. And I'm glad um, she did. It, it yeah, glad you did. Uh, she did, but um, uh, abortion was. It was sort of illegal in some places. Like they they timed it by like the quickening, um, and, and then you couldn't like terminate a pregnancy after that. Although it, it it took place with a lot more like home medicine type of stuff. Um, it, it was more like that. People would just take like herbs that would um, be likely um, to end the pregnancy. Correct. And so it was a bit messier. Before that, there's some states who banned it completely and others, um, you know, who, who allowed it for quite a bit. Roe v. Wade was kind of a weird cobbled together compromise position that used justifications from like the 14th Amendment to try to uh, create a right of abortion. So it was always kind of a messy structure that was bound to fall apart. Yeah, I mean, um, I read Roe v. Wade a couple of times and I'm like this. First of all, it didn't answer the issue. It it And it was like. A political, politically motivated answer to a really tough question. Um, so I was always thought it would get struck down. I thought it should have never been kind of breathed into existence in the form that it was. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, pro-forced birth. That doesn't mean that I'm anti-abortion. I think that there's, a, like, I think you said it pretty well. There's room for nuanced positions. I do have a question, Kevin, and I want the audience to... To uh, think about th- this. Yeah. Tim, you're going to have to save the question oh. for the next segment because we're, we're over time. All right. Thanks again for joining us on A Free Solution, folks. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Introducing a sobering and unavoidable truth. The latest advancements in artificial intelligence have made cyber attacks easier than ever before. Cyber criminals are relentlessly targeting your business right now, seeking the tiniest opening in your defenses to drain your accounts and steal sensitive data. Your finances and your customers' trust are on the line. Call the experts at Simple Tech Innovations now at 585-999-TECH to secure your business today. Don't wait until it's too late. Make the call today. 585-999-TECH. To live the quality of life we deserve in truth and freedom, informed by our Constitution, our laws, and traditions, we need to pick the best leaders possible. Recent experience certainly illustrates that. Free and accurate elections are essential if we're going to restore our society and safeguard our rights. New York Citizens Audit is a volunteer, nonpartisan group which has been lobbying for open-source audits of the State Board of Elections and reform of the electoral process statewide. Did you know Citizens Audit has uncovered over 1 million felony violations of election law? that in 2020 there were 625,000 more voter registrations than existing voting age citizens in just six New York counties, that there were 338,000 more votes cast than voters who voted. These are just a few shocking examples of the urgent need for reform. You can help. Visit auditny.com and learn the facts, how to volunteer, and make a difference in your community. Again, volunteer, donate, or spread the word. Start at auditny.com. That's auditny.com. A free solution on the WYSL stations. 
Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson here today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and I just want to give a big shout-out to President Joe Biden for handily winning the Michigan primary. I know I'm t- I-, I threw you a curveball, Kevin, but you- and you weren't ready for it. But congratulations. <laughs> Every Con- time. Congratulations to that guy. It. He knocked it out of the park. He was running against uncommitted and, like, two other people. And, bro, he got, like, 81% of the vote, despite the fact that people do not appreciate his handling of the war in Gaza. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, the biggest reason, uh, at least that, among like Democrats. Robert is... F. Kennedy Jr. was pretty much denied access to the Democratic Party, perhaps is a contributing factor. Um, it would have been awesome. If he had been beaten by unconfirmed or uncommitted, which we could call none of the above. And I just I I, so I just wanted to get everybody out there. Big congratulations. You know, I I saw a bunch of like news stories like, oh, he lost to uncommitted. I'm like, no, he didn't. Like in like some towns, it was like close. I love closer than than this anyway. That would be great. Like Dearborn, I think was like one of those towns. But really? (laughs) um, Yeah. But uh no, he, he didn't. He didn't lose. Um, and it, it's something that happened before, like Barack Obama. Also, he got like 90 percent or something. Um, you know, it's it's something that has happened yeah. a couple of times. And, and honestly, like it, it does go back to there's a good chunk of both the Democrat Democratic Party and the Republican Party are, who are frustrated with their current nominees and lashing out for any option to um, yeah, find I an mean, alternative. Our, our, our eye in the sky and our, our feet on the ground put it very succinctly today in messenger that i don't know something like 80 percent of the population is convinced that we are like both of our candidates are way too old and we cannot believe what's going on it was funnier the way she put it and i'm sorry with my slow computer setup i can't access the comment but it was great thank you patricia um out there in youtube and facebook land offering us great information all the time so, Kevin, we should yeah. no, was, talk uh, about your hero, it, libertarian hero, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth yeah. Warren. Uh, oh, goodness. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any stretch of the word where we can say libertarian hero, unlike, you know, uh, another famous Biden. Um, you know, we, we, can, we can at least make a joke about that. But uh, Elizabeth Warren is, is the bane of the libertarians' uh, entire worldview. And she is here from the government, and she's here to help. What is she helping with today, Tim? She's helping with uh, possible Wendy's surge pricing, and 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 I say possible Wendy's surge pricing because we'll talk about how it's it's, it's not actually. I think most people are misunderstanding it, but I, I'll, I'll read her tweet. She said, "At Wendy's is planning to try out quote surge pricing. That means you could pay more for your lunch, even if it the cost of Wendy's stays exactly the same. It's price gouging, plain and simple, and American families have had enough." She wants to do something about this, Tim. She wants to make sure that Wendy's can't ever change their pricing. Um, and who knows? I, I'm expecting a federal solution to Wendy's changing their pricing sometime soon because that's – she was also involved in like sandwich monopoly yeah. stuff, right? Like yeah. she, she had also like butted into the 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 uh, Subway Jimmy John's She was big thing. on that, protecting the consumer at uh, for their, their voracious appetite for, you know – High high carbohydrate food. Um, 
the, the, the sandwich <sighs> monopoly. She had to put stop that. Now, now the next thing she's going to save us from is Wendy's being able to change their pricing on the fly. Uh, look, um, search search <laughs> pricing is a thing. It's already happening. It it happens particularly in restaurants that are doing brisk takeout orders uh, through through those Grubhub and DoorDash. Right where they they raise their prices. If if you're trying to order something at seven o'clock from your favorite pizza place, you may in fact be paying two or three dollars more for a pizza pie than you would be paying if you ordered it at three o'clock. That's an absolute reality. It puts hundreds and thousands of dollars in their pockets. It's actually not such a bad thing, and you can time your purchases to avoid that if you want to, or you can go right to the store yeah. and avoid the added expense of you know DoorDash. Uh, yeah you could do that sometimes they uh yeah those services they charge a bit more during peak times and they're doing the 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 delivery services are doing it uh when when they impose it for the same reason that uber does because they the people who are working for them are not employees they cannot command them to work at any given time uh so they offer an extra incentive for them to get out and uh meet the demand that exists so the same way uber does this where they say hey there's a bunch of folks in this area that need rides you will make some extra money if you go to this area and provide people with rides turn on your phone your apps get in your car and go like yeah, they're doing god's service. work these price gougers okay like they're literally out there they're meeting market demand and that's the beauty of a free market right you don't like look guys you don't ever have to eat wendy's right much less at, go to wendy's no. at a time when it wants to charge you a 10 cents more for a cheeseburger which wendy's by the way yeah. guys are emphatically denies elizabeth warren's accusation that they they all no. they did was they, they say it's, they just put up menu boards it, that they can change the prices on yeah i was about to say like it does they say it's fake news they're like they, they had mentioned during an earnings call they talked about the idea of like dynamic pricing and all they really mean by that is that like the way they do pricing now is they're like they're sliding out like manufactured like pricing like things that have to be like made and right. shipped to the store and so now they're like, hey, we're going to set it up so that you're basically going to have big TVs there like every other fast food change or chain already has and that we're going to allow the franchise owners to like run specials. So like in the same way, like 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 a happy hour is dynamic right. pricing, right? You get you get one dollar off like pints of beer. That's dynamic pricing because it's, it's a time based thing. We say oh, you come between five and seven, you, you get a dollar yeah. off a of beer, right? Or let's say you want to sell and meth laced pretzels right and to get them like all the way into society you start them at a really 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 low price and then if your menu board can change instantaneously it's perfect you you've got the hook and and you're off to the races make is is, maybe that's not Um, maybe that's not the best way to go about it yeah yeah, like this tim this went in an aggressively libertarian direction (laughs) we gotta get Um, the crest out there kevin we gotta let people know uh no but like it's restaurants should be able to do this right if if one like wendy's restaurant decides that they want to run uh a special on frosties between like 2 p.m and 5 p.m they should be able to do that right like that is their prerogative they can change the pricing they can they can do what they want if wendy's wants to allow the owners to do that to raise prices on certain items and lower prices on others at whim they should be able to do that and if they change prices a bunch and it makes you mad just yeah, don't go I mean, there. Just just don't show up to Wendy's. Like that's all you got to do because they'll change their behavior. If customers find it annoying, they'll just say, "Yeah, we're we're not going to do this anymore because customers don't like the instability." 
or I mean, or blame it on something else. But so like, look, Kevin, if they're smart, they would just. Yeah, I have a little story. Like one of one of my, I, I successfully lost. I, I went on a weight loss binge about back like last August, and I managed to lose uh, roughly thirty two pounds, which I feel like amazed at myself with the amount of willpower. But yeah, not bad. one of the things that I had to do was avoid the surge pricing at Wendy's and McDonald's. Like, by simply always avoiding places like Wendy's and McDonald's. Now, does that mean I cut Taco Bell out of my my uh, meal plan? No, because Taco Bell is actually low in carbohydrates and offers a lot of roughage. So you can work in some Taco Bell even if you're trying to lose weight. But those loafy bread stuff, you got to stay away from that. So there's another way to avoid That's their surge pricing. And it... And I swear to God, if Taco Bell goes to surge pricing, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, dynamic like pricing. You're going to be able to get the, uh, you know, beef chalupa at like $3 between 2 and 5. And then uh, at $10 between like 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. Man, in high school, they would have got me. That that was like my favorite time to go to Taco Bell. like midnight. So they they could have got us. We would have been in line hungry and like, you know, all the boys are packed into the car and we're like, yeah, we're getting Taco Bell. And they could have been like, yeah, those are like $10 each. And we'd be like, okay, I guess that's our paychecks for the yeah, week. Cool. Yeah, no, you would have made that deal. <laughs> Taco Bell wins on that on so many levels when it comes to that. They're, they There's a compulsion or, or a, a like craving for it. Um, it works. And basically, like I said, I still manage to lose weight while eating Taco Bell at least once a week. So. Um, and I don't think I could have done that if I had hey, eaten at McDonald's or Wendy's. Yeah, honestly, all, all things in moderation. Like that's 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 the key, yeah, right? Like is. you you can eat a McDonald's hamburger like once a week if you're eating it like like Morgan Spurlock allegedly was and supersized me. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be yeah, bad you, for you. Everyone knows. Do you remember this. Like, like what the the horror? Fake anyway, yeah, the but. horror of Morgan Spurlock gaining like a hundred pounds from eating McDonald's every day. But then when you hear the real story, it was like every time they say, Well, do you want that supersized? He said yes. I mean, he literally made a glutton out of himself and and injured himself. Dude, like he did. Well, no, uh, some of it was yeah. fake too. Like he, he wasn't he wasn't really following it. He was just he put together like a, a not very accurate documentary. And you know, at the end of the day though, too, like the, the concept is ridiculous. Like no one, not even like, oh, I would say not no one, but almost no one is eating McDonald's literally no, every day. That would be insane. I know there's some super users who might, but like that that's yeah. not a thing. Like you, you know, that's bad for you. Like, yeah, all things in moderation. You, you have a McDonald's hamburger every once in a while. It's not going to kill you. You have like five of them a day. Of course, it's going to be bad for you. Like that's common sense. You should know that because that, it's not good yeah. for you. I, I mean, that is common sense, isn't it? Does, like it's supposed to be a treat. You shouldn't be going there three times a day. There's there's obviously a lot of calories there. They're obviously using chemicals yeah. to make the food last longer. Yeah, I know. We we have some negativity about uh, oh, Taco Bell and McDonald's in the comments. What talking about uh, not 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 fo- uh, Real Mav and Alice are not fans. I don't, bl- I don't blame those, them for not uh, liking McDonald's and Wendy's, but. Taco Bell, my precious Taco Bell. So I'll say this: I, I will, I will mildly defend McDonald's in that, like, I know what I'm getting. It's not great, but you know what? It's usually it's pretty consistent. It's fine consistent. in a pinch and like yeah. occasionally. Like, you should not eat every day. Like the thought of eating, like I've had like McDonald's like twice in a row yeah. and regretted it. Like I'm like, nope. nope, that stunk. Like I've been on like road trips and like 
No, I, I hate that. <laughs> That's, one, one, yeah. Once is fine. So look, one of the ways that these, these restaurants can save money, Kevin, is, is by, in fact, purchasing politicians and exemptions from minimum wage laws. They they could. Oh, oh great yeah. strategy. Just great say, strategy. Ways Tim. around this. Should be like a national consultant yeah. on this stuff. Um, so so uh, California, uh, they increased their minimum wage to, to $20 an hour. Um, Governor Gavin Newsom promoting that. But they did make one very specific and, and perhaps a little odd exception to that rule, which is that if you're a fast food chain that serves fresh bread. So coincidentally, uh, one of Gavin Newsom's largest donors happens to be a franchise owner of several Panera Breads. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine um, that? You know, imagine you that. Imagine like, that? I'm not, I'm not saying they're definitely related. I'm just saying it is. It's I'm going to go ahead and say it's definitely um, related though. Like I'm that's, you can occupy your space, but I'm telling you it's totally related, but you knew that everybody knows it. Now it's like, how do you, I, I haven't seen any follow up from this, but like, how do you possibly justify like making that very specific exemption? Like, oh, like yeah, like just just re- like fast food restaurants um, that serve fresh bread. Like, wh- why? What? What? Po- if you're gonna make like a workers need a living wage argument, what possible reason could you have for like, oh, but not these ones, not not this group uh, of people, the fresh bread people? Yeah, I mean. It should boggle the mind. It probably boggles the mind of the WYSL listeners. I'm sure it's boggling the mind of the people that join us on the internet. But how do people continue to support Gavin Newsom and the elected political elite when it's so obvious that they're corrupt? How do they fall back and still say, well, he did it so that he could raise money for his presidential campaign, and that's who we need in the White House. Like, is could that be the argument, Kevin? Could that be the the yeah. mental I mean, leap that they goodness. make? Maybe I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like Gavin Newsom being like the alternative to Joe Biden is ridiculously like, that again. Like that's the stuff like this, the stuff where like his buddy he pushes for this exemption for his buddy, allegedly. You know, it seems to be a connection yeah. there. And, you know, in addition to all of his goofy stuff during COVID and whatnot, other than like him changing his mind on nuclear power, like the dude is is terrible. But luckily, most other folks are changing their mind on that, too. So he doesn't get that yeah. much credit. Um, No. So it's I don't know. It, it, it's an odd thing to me. And I <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how, how you uh you. Not you, but how how anyone like lets folks get away with this to just run them out of yeah, office. But th- that's the issue. No one gets run out of office. Congressional approval rating is in the toilet. It's at the lowest rates of in history, and yet there's still this ninety one, ninety two percent reelection rate. Like incumbents get reelected. Mitch McConnell got reelected for fifty years. Like. He was a bad guy. He was a political expedient. Got to hold him accountable. Yeah, sure. All right. But, but Tim, on that note, though, we got we to gotta head out. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Have a great night, WYSL folks. Take care.